Welcome to Red Pill University. I'm your host, Jody. I'm here with Mike. Tonight, we are going to continue our course, picking up where we left off last week with uh, approaching. So the first thing we're going to dive right into is pretty straightforward. It's how to transition from the approach to a genuine conversation. So a few rules to live by right here. So the first thing, uh, back in the day when the whole PUA thing was all the rage, they'd come in and they'd say, uh, they'd do like an opinion opener. Got some cat here, here. And then they would offer a, uh, a false time constraint. And you see this all the time in uh, marketing. You'll see a little countdown timer, you know, oh, 14 minutes until you until uh, the special offer goes away. What they don't tell is if you refresh the page, you know, the counter starts again, stuff like that. So that's one tool though. It's still valid. You can actually use a false time constraint or a real time constraint to uh, kind of answer the question of if you're a stranger talking to this person, one of the first things that goes through their mind is who is this guy and when's he leaving? So what does he want? What does he want? So if you, you can at least address the when's he leaving with a time constraint of some sort. So uh, just a guys, really quick question. I got to keep going here, but uh, blah, blah, blah. That's one example of how you can do this. Ideally, again, all of the stuff that we're talking about, the more congruent, the more real it is, obviously the better it's going to be. I don't recommend lying. If you tell the truth, you ain't got to, you know, remember what you told somebody, you know, you, yeah. you'll never get caught in a lie if you tell the truth. So make sure that whatever you're doing is congruent to you as an individual, ideally. Now, again, we're still talking about the, uh, we're still going through the, the, the framework, the, mm-hmm. the, the training wheels for lack of a better word. So when you're doing this, yes, some stuff's going to be uh, not fake, but unnatural to you for a little while as you kind of learn the ropes. So again, you're training for a skill. The results will come later when you skill, when you level up your skills. So think of it in that context. So again, uh, the false time constraint is one aspect uh, or one tool in the toolbox for helping you uh, transition from the approach to a conversation. Another good one is locking in. This is through body language and positioning. Now, think of a uh, uh, the head of a, a table in a business setting. Who usually sits there? The boss or the CEO. That's the power position, and that's the kind of position you want, ideally, if the situation allows for it. So think of the, uh, the context. It's, uh, this is really difficult to talk about in uh, on an online kind of sense. Just try and visualize with me. You're in a bar setting. You see a group of five women. You walk up to them and you start talking to them. To them and to the rest of the venue that sees you doing this, who has higher status? You or the women. Okay. Generally, it's going to be the women. You're just some guy talking to them, trying to spit game, trying to flirt and hit on them. And they may like you. They may not. Now, flip the dynamic. Imagine that you've got your back to the bar and there's a cloud of five women all facing you, talking to you as you're engaged in conversation. Do you see how the power dynamic flips? You've gone from just being some stranger hitting on a girl or a group of women. Now you're the celebrity on stage talking to a crowd of, uh, of fans in a sense. So it really shifts the power dynamic and it really reframes people's perceptions. And as I talked with uh, Jared yesterday in one of our interviews, perception is reality. So you can use this tool to your advantage, and I absolutely recommend locking in as early as you can get away with it. Uh, another aspect of uh, tr- the transition is with mirroring body language. 
and also matching head heights. That's also part of this mirroring process. So if you go and you approach a woman and she, you're talking to her, but she's sitting down and you're standing up, then you might want to kind of uh, straddle your legs a little bit, sink down. This way you're a little bit closer. This way she's not craning her head looking up at you. You're matching that bo the, the body positioning and mirroring body language. So yeah, that's key, especially the direction that she's looking, facing. Um, if she is, you know, for example, almost sideways to you, you know, you're not going to want to necessarily orientate yourself toward her directly. Um, little stuff like that. And just it, it's it becomes a little bit more natural the more in, you interact with people when you realize you start to get this kind of mental indication in your mind of like, this person's not really that interested in this conversation. And you can use those observations to your advantage. Um, if you could, if you can be bold enough and provocative enough, for example, to just be like, "Hey, uh, it, it, it seems like I'm, it seems like I'm bothering you," you know what I mean? Like pointing out the awkwardness in a conference or pointing out something, you can. That's almost a pressure flip in and of itself, right? Right. Um, but I think it's it, it is helpful to touch on what transitioning actually is, and it is. You know, your opener is basically just an introduction, and the transition is about building a little bit more rapport, building a little bit more comfort. But really, you're you're starting to create a little bit of an intimacy and a connection there uh, through some excitement, through some type of topic that you're gonna hit on that you can, you know, maybe you two are the only person, the only people at the bar that are talking about that, um, and that that begins kind of the process of of building some type of meaningful you know connection in the conversation. Right. So the approach is your, your, your opener, the approach, that's just going to be your introduction. You're right. Absolutely. And then the transition is getting to the point where you're, you're getting each other, you're feeling each other out to see if you're going to get uh, into a conversation. It's this transitionary period. It's the transition or it's this transition transitory phase between meeting a stranger and having a conversation. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I think Chris Rock described it best when he was, you know, he has this little bit about, you know, when you date, when you're out there dating or you're out there talking to people, you are meeting the representative, mm -hmm. right? You're almost meeting the ambassador for that other person. And you, your job is to basically be the ambassador, you know, take the, take the personality, the mindset of you are your own ambassador. You know, you kind of want to show them what you want to show them and, uh, and kind of direct that conversation in a way that's strategically relevant to whatever it is that you're trying to do, whether that's, you know, make a new friend or, you know, go, go get a number, go home with some woman, that type of thing. And on that, so key in on branch points in the conversation, that's how you're going to kind of navigate this. This is a key, uh, key aspect of this. Every conversation, every statement, every sentence generally has two branch points. The thing that you're talking about, the noun and what you're doing with it, the verb. So that's just two things you can key in right there. But Moreover, it's the who, what, where, why, when, and how. But really, we can drop the who and just focus on the four WH. Because the who is going to be you and her, generally speaking, nine times out of ten. So that's already covered. So the what, where, why, when, and how. That's what you got to focus on, the four WH. I think I got that from uh, an old PUA, Spear, I think was his name. Uh, but it's legit because it's, it's, it's kind of a shorthand way to remember things. Um, yeah, I, I don't... I don't approach this from a from a pickup artist sense. I approach this from like a networking sense of you know that's kind of you know professionally these are the things that I kind of do. Right. Um, well, it's the same I, skills. It applies everywhere. Totally same skill set. So when you think about that skill set, mirroring body language um, is is excellent. But I think one of the interesting things that you can do is 
mirroring the topic of conversation. And so if, if, for example, I call this unpacking something, right? If somebody drop, we talked about this before the stream, if somebody drops a topic on you and says, you know, you're talking about, uh, for example, how, how somebody's, you compliment a woman and say, oh, that's a really nice dress that fits you really well. And she goes, yeah, I lost 75 pounds and now I fit in it. That's a whole, I mean, that's a whole massive thing that she just shared and she wants to talk about herself. That's a real indication of, hey, I'm, I'm throwing something out there to see if conversationally you're gonna follow that thread. And, you know, while, while you don't wanna just throw a bunch of validation at her and attention at her, you can just say, oh, wow, that's, how, you know, how do you feel now? That's really interesting, that's really crazy. Right. Like that's, a, that's a lot of weight, right? Um, or get, you know, getting excited, that type of thing. But, but really just kind of following that conversational thread around because most people just want you to hit the ball back conversationally speaking right um i just lost my class there they are there you go we're under rapport building rapport through time under tension all right uh yep so time under tension is uh it's a it's a term from lifting so think of it this way you're talking to a group of women or a woman you're having a conversation this has actually happened to me many times where I think things are going just fine. I want to set up a date. I get their contact information. We're all good to go. And then I'll go back to my group and then I'll find uh, some other guy will come over and start talking to them. And then she goes home with that guy. What did I do wrong that he didn't? Well, very simply, I left when I should have stayed. So he had built up more time with her and it raised his mere exposure effect more so than mine. Even though we had a good conversation we both liked each other. We were going to go on a date later. We already set all this stuff up, but he swooped in and, and got the girl and I didn't. And it comes down to, this is why I always say in the, uh, the keep it simple, stupid approach and stay. The mm -hmm. longer you're, the more FaceTime you have with them, the more time you have to build a connection to uh, raise your mere exposure effect. And it raises the odds of having a positive outcome. This is pretty common sense once you hear it. So this is why I say approach and stay until they you get the contact information or they tell you to leave or they walk away. All right. And then if you do get the contact information, it doesn't mean you just leave. You still can stay. You should stay. The only time you really need to leave is when you have to leave for reasons or they need to leave for reasons. Otherwise, keep it going. So the longer you can do that, the more uh, mere exposure you raise. Then there's also that fractionation aspect when you can move from venue to venue and create more memories in a short amount of time. I don't yeah, know if it's a real psychological term. It's one maybe the that old community came up with, but the impact is legit. So I'll tell you yeah. that, that. Yeah, I've, I've done this where I've been in a conversation with somebody and I've gone like, oh, it's, you know, let's say it's a conversation about you're talking about cooking or food or whatever it is. And, you, and I've got this, you know, I've got a Pinterest board where I've got all this stuff saved that I like to refer back to, like recipes and stuff like that. And so I'll go, oh, you know what? I got actually that reminds me. I, I love to like, do you like risotto? I, there's this killer risotto recipe that I saw that I haven't made yet. Uh, let me share it with you. Right. And just send it to them and just pull up your phone. And, you know, this, especially for younger people where you're, you're used to being on your phones all the time, but just pull it up and be like, here, this, boom, this is what I'm talking about. You, you might like this or even better. I've made this. It's super killer. And you're, and you're kind of being the expert there and saying, oh, I took this recipe and I added this one or two things to it. But that type of thing where you can, share something with somebody and stay in the conversation and get that connection, be it the phone number, Snapchat, whatever it is, you know, you then, you then have their contact info, you know, presumably. 
Oh, there's that too. Yeah. Um, and that does, and then that means don't, you know, bug, don't bug out of the conversation at that point. Right. Yeah, it's absolutely. So once you have the contact information, that's, that's a whole nother topic into its own right. But yeah. for right now, just trying to build the conversation, build the connection and come up with uh, well, right here, the goal of going out and meeting people is to develop mutual investment and to seed reasons to meet up with them later. Like we were just talking about. It's huge. It's to build a connection. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to build that uh, some sort of emotional connection that you can evolve into friendship or relationship. That's it. That's all this is. That's all it is, is just social dynamics 101. And this could be for work. It could be for friendship. It could be for romance. You name it. What we're teaching you applies to all aspects of life. All right. This is kind of the the small ball piece of it, but the, if you were to like kind of expand this to a macro level, you know, it is written talked about this a, a number of times, I think, on the podcast, which, and it's as simple as like have an awesome lifestyle, like develop an awesome lifestyle and share it with people. So when you are seeding a reason to meet up with them, it's because you do awesome stuff, and that's you, you're talking to a cool person, you're going to invite them along. When you develop mutual investment, maybe you're finding some stuff that this common interest that you're interested in or that they don't know about that they're excited to hear about because you're really into it. That's really all this is about guys is build an awesome lifestyle and create excitement by sharing that with people. Yep. Now a moment ago, I did mention that you can use this to create friendships or relationships, romantic relationships. The key difference is one you escalate physically with the other you don't. So whenever you go through this process, as long as you're not escalating physically and getting intimate in whatever escalating escalating uh, levels of intimacy through contact, you're going to end up with friends. Mm-hmm. So you got to have the physical contact aspect in play. And we're going to talk about that in a moment on how that ratchets things up and escalates. And there's a process yeah. to follow that. There's a, there's one of the, I think it was the book of Pook that covers this, which is make yourself known to be a sexual creature. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't, I mean, don't, don't do the cheesy kind of like, Oh, maybe you should go back to my place and get some handcuffs and, and not that type of stuff. I'm talking about don't be afraid to be provocative and call something sexy. Right. That, that type of thing. Yeah. I got that from Joseph W. South maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. What he calls a statement of intent and oh, yeah. call something sexy. I've always, to this day, I still use, I refer back to it. If I ever go blank, it's mm-hmm. legit. So you're, you're letting, you're setting the frame of how you see things right then and there. And if they don't accept it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Move on. Yeah. They're not going to always accept your premise. And that's kind of, you got to understand right. going in. One of the most powerful things I, I ever said to a woman uh, back when I was dating was, you know what? It, it, obviously we had built, you know, that, that kind of rapport and that intimacy. And I said, you know what? I'm attracted to you and I'm not afraid to say that. And I just said that bold face right to her face. And, you know, I ended up going, I ended up getting her number and, and, you know, we went up, went on the date. So it's not, you know, it's not a crazy, like you have to be in your head all nuts and bolts about this stuff. You can be direct, you can be bold. It doesn't have to be an hour long conversation, but if you never, if you never escalate at all, getting to the next point, that is probably a good transition. If you never escalate at all and it's going to go nowhere and you you are going to end up with maybe an acquaintance at best. Yeah, you're going to end up in the friend zone, Yeah, yep. which is something that guys do to themselves. Right. Again, through lack of escalation and being honest with your intentions. Yeah. So if there's any major takeaway from here, from this section, that's it. 
right, uh, moving on here. So we got the the goal of going out and having these conversations with strangers are to develop the mutual investment and to see the reason to meet up with later. It's a callback that you're going to do. All right. Mm-hmm. Just getting a number with somebody. Okay. Well, hey, it was nice meeting you. Can I get your number? It's going to send off all kinds of red flags. Yeah. But if you see during the conversation, uh, say you're at a grocery store. Hey, do you know happen to know where they put the uh, uh, the burger buns? They're like they're not in the bread section, and uh, I need like four dozen because you know reasons. Talk, talk, talk. Get some information. Uh, so hey, you know, uh, uh, I'm having a barbecue next week, and you should bring some friends by. You guys are pretty cool. Some you're seeding in the conversation earlier that you're going to have a barbecue. You're hinting at it because you need cookout stuff. Uh, so then you kind of call back to it later on. Hey, you know, that thing we were talking about that I didn't invite you to then. Well, I'm going to invite you to it now. That's the yep. gist of it. All right. <clears throat> I got this crazy, interesting story and I'll keep it short. But in college, uh, these upstairs roommates, these young women that were kind of you know on the third floor of our apartment complex, uh, we had gotten to know them just kind of in passing in the hallway. And at one point, uh, you know, it's like late at night after dinner time. at one point, we catch them in the hallway and it's like a weekend type thing. And they say like, Oh, Hey guys, like what's, what's up? You know, we should, um, you know, I, I forget who said it, but it was either me and my roommate said like, Oh yeah, we should hang out sometime. And they go like, Oh, we're having a party tonight. Actually, you guys should come by. And we said, Oh yeah. Like, well, we could, we could totally maybe swing by. And they were like, it's a lingerie party. So <laughs> I was like, it's a what now? Yeah. And so we're, we're up there where everybody just goes up there in our underwear is wild, but it just that kind of like in passing, getting to know people, that type of thing will happen. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, So as always, life isn't fair. Suck it up, buttercup. You're going to have to do the heavy lifting at first, unless you look like uh, Thor. All right. So you're going to have to uh, hold court. And like I said, do the heavy lifting when you first approach, when you're going through that transitionary phase or just starting to get into the conversation, expect curt one-word answers and closed-off body language. It's not that she doesn't like you. She might be physically interested. She doesn't know you. You are a stranger, okay? Stranger danger. Don't remember this stuff? Come on. So, yeah, they're going to have closed-off body language. It's normal. Accept it. As you guys get comfortable and that mere exposure effect starts getting raised, as your comfort levels with one another start getting raised, as you start sharing details about yourselves and starting making that connection, their body language is going to unlock. You'll start to turn. You'll slowly mutually face each other. I don't know why I'm making hand gestures. You can't see it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're both going to naturally turn and start facing one another. It's it's just That's just the nature of the beast. Eventually, she will start contributing to the conversation if she's at all interested. If not, then you know what? Fine. You can't win them all. Remember the bell curve and that's the spectrum that I talked about before. Some people, no matter what you do, are just not going to be interested. That's life. And the more attractive, the better your presentation is and the better your, uh, not only your, your presentation physically, but the better your delivery, then the more likely they're going to be interested in uh, hang out and see what you got. All right. See what you're selling. So uh, going to the notes here. Again, expect closed body language, short one-word answers over time. Yeah, I've read a couple of those. Surface questions versus digging deeper. I think I got this one from Adam. Uh, so horizontal versus vertical questions. Maybe it was Spear. I forget. One of these guys. But it's good information to know. So the horizontal stuff, it's that surface-level questions that are really boring. This is where you feel like you're in an interview. 
do you, what do you do? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. Boring. Don't yeah. do that. Now, the four WH questions are good for digging deeper. So let me give an example. So uh, you're in college, right? So what do you study? Oh, I study blah, blah, blah. Really? Why? Uh, what made you want to study that? That's the what. Yeah. So you're not just asking, what do you do? You're asking, why are you doing it? Yeah. Why yeah. do you find that interesting? Right. So you're, you're digging deeper and trying to extract mm -hmm. more information because what you're doing is you're slowly building investment when they start doing this. We're going to get more yeah. into this qualification uh, process later, but that's actually next week. But right now, just realize that this is kind of like a qualification hoop in a sense. This is a, let me give you an example that goes exactly parallel with what Joe just gave you. If they're there with a bunch of friends and you say, oh, are you are you you're you're not by yourself? How many friends do you have with you here? That's a stupid observational service level question. But if the, if you then followed up with something interesting and say, like, hey, let me ask you a question. What's something that your friends don't know about you? That's a big hoop. Yeah, that's a huge hoop for them to jump through. Yeah. I mean, if you're but you're you are being exciting at that point. Yeah, if, right. as long as you're going through the process and you've kind of like worked up to it or she's jumped herself. Sure. And then you guys are on that level, by all means, mm -hmm. go for it. Uh, and there's a time or place for these kinds of questions. And like, again, that's next week. All right. We'll do yeah, qualification all, in depth. I'm getting ahead. I'm getting Ooh, ahead of huge, huge topic. <laughs> um, for right now, yeah, we're still going here. Where were we at? Uh, the horizontal stuff. We kind of talked about it already. Just avoid the boring interview questions. I understand you're going to have to do go through that process anyways, but immediately begin mm -hmm. drilling down deeper into more sub, uh, substantive questions. Yeah. Have, have a vocabulary of emotions that you're going to describe like, Oh, that's really exciting. That's a good transition right there. Right. Or segue, you're, yeah. talk, you're talking about tapping into emotions like, Oh, that's yeah. really exciting. Oh, that's, that's uh that sounds pretty scary. Just I mean, right. express a basic emotion. Right. You are basic emotions and use emotive language. That's the key. Yeah. Guys just don't typically talk this way unless they're in that secret society kind of where they've been acclimated to women's uh, way of communicating. Most guys aren't. Most guys are very analytical, plain, you know, just factual based, very yeah. boring shit. So, yeah, if you can get into being more emotive. Now, I'm not talking, mm -hmm. you know artist style quoting poetry. All right. That's not what yeah. I'm talking about. Let me give an example. All right. So using the thoughts and emotions. All right. I actually have a little script right here. So the bad conversation was my TV broke last weekend during the middle of the game. So I picked up the new one on Monday after work. A better conversation is I was watching the, ga the game last weekend and just poof, you know, they were uh, making that last drive for the touchdown. And then the whole thing just went black and I was so ticked off. Um, have you ever really been into something like that? You'd miss this key part because there was something just like interrupted your, uh, whatever you were doing and just had like a major distraction. Isn't that so frustrating? Mm -hmm. So now you're, you've connected, you know, some sort of emotional, uh, attachment. It's very minimal, but it's a process. As you go through this kind of language, you're going to get better at it. So to kind of continue this example. So anyways, I go to Best Buy, you know, normally you can't get them to stop bothering you. They're always oh, trying to sell you stuff. But this time, you know, the next, this is the next week, the next game's coming on that night. We're going to have people over. I'm going to rush. I'm trying to get the thing. Not one person approached me to sell anything, to sell me the TV. So ticked off, dude. I could have like walked over to the appliance section and made some popcorn in the store. You know, maybe that'll get their attention. Who knows? But it was just really frustrating and 
eventually we got the thing and man, it was so exciting. Once we got back, everybody was happy. I was like the big conquering hero walking in with the, with the new TV just in time for the kickoff. So bland, not so bland. So play around with the emotive language and try to tap into. And also if you can correlate it to an example, uh, a story that they've told and make the emotions somewhat connect, then it's going to be way more powerful. Uh, and also, I like the check-ins, what I call checking in. You know, you know what I mean? Have you ever? What was that like? Uh, really, tell me more. Mm-hmm. It's You're engaging in the conversation and you're eliciting engagement on their part. So you're, it's less likely to result in one-word answers and minimal investment. And also, this is really one of the interesting things is where even if they may not have been interested, through the process of eliciting information, they end up uh, investing anyways. So you may have gone from complete disinterest to at least somewhat being interesting. And maybe you make a friend out of it. Maybe you don't raise their interest high enough to make them that interested. Maybe you're just not physically their type, but you can at least go from somebody that's being completely disinterested, a complete stranger. And then through this process, make friends with people. Mm-hmm. It's just very, very basic stuff. Uh, let's see here. I did the check-ins. Uh, yeah. It helped. Yeah. Check-ins. Uh, they convey social intelligence they are a diagnostic tool for testing interest. And it, like I said before, it helps keep them engaged. All right. Uh, let's see. Rapport. Uh, have a f- Yeah. Have a few topics in mind uh, to screen for common interest. If your thing is RC airplanes, that's your thing. So try and figure out a way to navigate the conversation in that direction. Uh, when I did, uh, when I was in the military, I worked with some special operator types and I got some ancillary training on how they do their uh combative training. And I was fortunate enough that I learned some of that stuff. And the whole goal is that you take the entire encounter and you shape it through kind of like fight by numbers to shape the conversation to end in a specific pattern. This is kind of the same thing. You're shaping the conversation to go in a certain direction, following certain patterns. And the more experience you get doing this, the more uh, it's like chess where you're navigating, you're trying to think three steps ahead. So the better you get at this, you're going to be able to navigate conversations towards whatever the topic of interest is to you. And that also has a lot of play with the women that you're interested in. More on that right here. Women that are younger tend to like stuff that younger women like. Who knew? You know, gossip, you know, uh, relationships and people. It's not guys buying these celebrity magazines at the checkout counter. All right. And if it is guys, he's buying it for his girlfriend or wife at home. Or they're gay. Yeah, most straight guys, I've never known one to buy one of these uh, celebrity magazines for themselves. Yeah, yeah, just never experienced it. Uh, So younger women are also interested. Well, everybody's interested in hobbies. Uh, Everybody's interested in careers and jobs. Not everybody's interested in travel or beaches and stuff like that. But, you know, a lot are, especially those who don't have a lot of experience and they value it more when they have, have the opportunity to do it. So those that are a little bit older... It, it becomes a little bit more blasé. So this is why these kinds of things kind of trend towards the younger generation. Uh, let's see here. The next one is for those that are a little bit older. Again, the, the travel stuff, shopping, movies. Shopping can also just be like big items too. Like maybe they want to buy a house. 22-year-old, probably not. 32, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies, partying, relationships. Again, gossip. Women love gossip. Who knew? Not all, but most. 
Uh, and everybody loves to talk about themselves. It's their number one interest. Number one topic of conversation is going to be about themselves. So if you can get them talking about themselves, dude, just sit back and let them go. Don't, uh, what was it that Napoleon said? Don't ever interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. Don't ever interrupt women when they're just on a run. Let them go. Just sit back and let them talk. And they will talk themselves into being interested or attracted to you. That's the way this works, this process of investment. Assuming you know how to pass shit tests, that's the caveat. Well, that's too true, but that's a whole other subject. We'll have to do a whole show on that. Um, But yeah, in this case, just get them talking. Let them go. Let them rattle on about themselves. And remember, your check-ins, keep them engaged, keep them going if you can. And you're going to end up getting these conversations where what I used to get where I've never felt this close to somebody with this short of time. You start having those kinds of conversations and those reactions where you're building massive rapport, massive levels of comfort, and you just you didn't do anything. Just let them sit there and talk. Oh the yeah. Key is eliciting the information from them. One of the best the things to do is well, eliciting is, is probably the wrong word too. Now to think about it, it's more like you're provoking emotion. Well, you're you're engaging them is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think we talked about this before, where women will talk about three times as much as men do in a given day. Guys with like seven thousand. Yeah. What's that? I said, and they should remember the golden rule. You should, you know, for every three words, you're giving her two words back. That sort of thing. Well, I think it was even less than that. I think men only speak about 7,000 a day. Women, it was about 20. So it's almost a three to one. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure check me true. on that if I'm wrong. Post down in the comments if I flubbed it. But that's what I remember it being. Unless you're guys like Mike and Joe who just talk all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, of the, you know, one of the interesting things I want to touch on here is relationships and people. There's like, I would highly recommend as a tip getting really good at people watching and just trying to guess things about people and it's especially interesting for women because you can be in a a situation where you're in a conversation and you just observe something and you go you know you call attention to somebody and ideally it's somebody who clearly has a lower status than you or and i'm not saying just go like blast people and make fun of people not that i i mean i'm not moralizing i'm not saying do that or don't do that what i'm saying is like Hey, what do you think about that person over there? That, that person seems really interesting. Like, or check this guy out or check that girl out. And especially if you are in a conversation where you're trying to provoke emotion, you can get them around to be able to understand that your attention is kind of elsewhere as well on other women. I'm glad you brought this up because I forgot to put this in the notes. This is what I call the frame check. Yeah. So if you want to check and see if a woman has fallen into your frame, all you have to do is stop what you're doing and look, or if she's talking, just mm-hmm. stop paying her attention and look at something else. If yep. she stops what she's doing and looks or keeps talking and looks at whatever you're looking at, you're in there, dude. That's, that's the start. That's the start yeah. of the rapport building, right? Well, that's, well, yes. I'm talking more in the case of uh, they have now fallen into your frame of the leader. Yeah. You're the leader. The now they are, yeah, they're seeking. Yeah, it, it's a rapport seeking behavior that, like, if you think of it in the terms of uh, uh, the wolf pack, the alpha, the beta, when the alpha goes off and does something, everybody kind of follows suit. You see the same thing in social, in group dynamics with men and women. Mm-hmm. If you have a group of women, uh, usually there's going to be one that's the leader uh, that we call, what's the term? The alpha female of the group. It's a dumb term, but it works for this context. When they want to go and do something, you might have a couple of people protest, but they all follow suit. And she just usually just ups and does it, and everybody just uproots what they were doing and just drops it, and they follow suit. 
So, and that's kind of the same thing. It, they're all following her lead. When you do a frame check, if she follows your lead, just conceptually think that she is now in your frame. So now it's time to begin leading. You've just demonstrated through that little check. Now you can lead. You're, 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 she's already on board instinctively. Yep. So you, there's nothing really you have to do at that point. Just lead through the conversation, build the mere exposure, beer, build that comfort and rapport, and move things along. So she is now going to be receptive to your leadership is all that really that, that frame check tells you. Now, getting into the qualification next week, how much you can get away with will determine will be de, will be determined by how invested she is. Yeah, this gets into hoops, and we're going to yes. talk about that next week. That's that's a whole other subject. Mm-hmm. So I see we have a lot of folks on the stream tonight. Please, Some pretty solid post. questions. I, I haven't checked yet, so, but yeah, please keep the uh, the comments and questions coming. We are going to do the after show at uh, on uh, on a uh, Discord here in a little bit. Links down in the description. And man, I'm on a roll. I love this topic. This is my like, one of my favorite things. Is oh, that's a great topic. I I do take issue with one thing you said when you said uh, w- women love gossip and guys don't. I got to tell you, man, I'm one of the biggest fans of the Real Housewives series. I can't get enough uh, of it. I didn't say they don't. I just say, it's, it's, yeah, it's a general it's, kind of thing. It is garbage TV. If you have the chance to watch these crazy, crazy women, it's really an exercise in actually watching shit tests at work. Because they just shit test each other all the time. It's absolutely incredible. So if you have the chance to watch it, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, that is, if you actually understand the Redco material, it's hilarious. Yep. All right. So uh, let me go back one frame here. Um, yes. People love to talk about themselves and things they are passionate about. Like the Real Housewives, yeah. Yep. Uh, choose topics that will be interest of interest to your type of women. Now, this goes back to what I was saying before about being congruent. Don't just talk about shit that you're not interested in because you think it might get you laid. It's got to be congruent to you as a person. All right. This is going to have to track to your individuality. Uh, but have some intentionality behind the subjects that you're going to talk about. So if you love going to the beach because you love, love the surf, mm-hmm. uh, most fun I've ever had with my pants, uh, pants on. Yeah. It's a uh, man. It's, it's so fun. So I talk about, you know, my trip to uh, uh, Sydney where I learned Bondi nice. beach. Loved it. Mainly beach. Loved it. Uh, so I can talk about those subjects because they are important to me, even though they might be on the list of things that are going to be highly uh, uh, engaging for women of the of the age set or that demographic that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So there's a coinciding right there that is natural for me. It may not be natural for you. So in that case, start thinking about topics of uh, interest for you, hobbies, travel, whatever they might be. And yeah, for me. It's yeah. food and you know it's it's basically food and like really cool restaurants and good stuff to eat. It could if you're if you're a different kind of uh, if you're of a different kind of hobby skill set. If you're a geeky kind of guy, then you know maybe you're into comic books, conventions, that sort of thing, and you can steer the conversation a little bit toward that. Right. Um, and you, you know, just said the optimal word right there: steer the conversation. Yeah. But that, but the, the second part of this is that is if the type of women you are interested in are generally interested in that sort of thing, right? Like if you are a, if you are a guy that's into comic book stuff and conventions and, and you tend to find a lot of girls there that you're attracted to, then definitely talk about that. If you are, if you are that kind of guy and you are interested in women that lift weights all the time, probably don't talk about that because you're going to be steer, you're going to sell yourself into the desert. You're going to be talking about comic book stuff and they're interested in, you know, lifting weights. 
That's and not a recipe for success. On that note, if you, you're going to be able to read women here pretty quickly if you do this yeah. enough. All right. Within maybe a month, you're going to pick this up like that. When you see their eyes glaze over, just snip the thread. Just go right into another topic of conversation. You yep. start talking about comic books and video games, and they're just like, yeah. Yeah, just, oh, you know what? Try, just, just move like, right Oh, on. is that a Louis Vuitton bag? It's really interesting. Like, non sequiturs are your friend. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I think it goes back. There's another, you just there's did another, it. Uh, <laughs> oh, did I? You just did it. We're going to talk about this uh, in a second. I love that. I did it on purpose. I wanted to see. Okay, it happened. Yeah. Uh, mark right, this well, time. I'm, I'm going to fill the dead air because it's, it's YouTube. So it is what it is. That is true. Um, it is TV. When <laughs> uh, you got me distracted, what was I going to say? Oh, man, um, I don't know. I'll come back to it. That's All right. Uh, let me go to the next slide here. I think this is coming up on the end, actually. Yeah, we're pretty um, close. So building deep rapport happens through this conversational process. Remember, we're already well past the transition. This is assuming you're locked in. You've been able to engage them in conversation. You're now having this back and forth process. Don't be afraid of the awkward silence. Uh, think of it as a, a rapport break. We're going to talk about that in two weeks when we do rapport breaks. And I just kind of went dead for a second on the air and uh, Mike's like, started talking. Yeah. It's a rapport-seeking uh, behavior to want to fill the silence because the silence is awkward. That's all it is. Oftentimes, you'll get this so dot, dot, dot. They're breaking the silence to engage you, to seek rapport with you because it feels awkward. No one likes to feel awkward. That's the gist I of have, the, the rapport. I have a great – one of Mike's tips for this is if somebody says – and if, especially in a woman, uh, if a woman says so in a conversation and she's trying to kind of point out that awkwardness or move things along because it's a rapport seek, she's trying to get the conversation back on track and she says so you can say go on or she says so I love and that. you can say uh yeah please continue because it's just a pressure flip and it puts it back on them it's so, actually really fun to do because they'll laugh right and, they, they and one really of these days one of these days we're going to talk about uh shit tests fitness tests whatever you want to call them mm -hmm. and th what mike just mentioned right there the pressure flip is one example of how to handle that I think we're going to have to do a completely dedicated show. We might make that one not on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. We're going we'll to have to deep dive on, on uh, really, they're all congruence tests. Congruence tests. Yes, I, I agree. That's probably a better, more PC way of putting it. Congruence or congruence? Same thing. Tomato, tomato. Congru yeah, congruence. So we'll go with congruence. I'll go with that. But they're all congruence tests. Yeah. Right. Uh, let's see. Building deep comfort rapport happens through. Oh, talk. yeah. We did already did the silence part. All right. Build commonalities. Uh, like I said here, this is part of seeding the conversation for reasons to call back later. Yes. Uh, we already talked about this earlier. Seed reasons to stay in touch ahead of time. The ideal solution is that you are actually going to establish a date. You're going to talk about it. You're going to get their uh, contact information. And you're going to keep going. You're just going to stay. If there's no reason to split apart and go your separate ways, then stay in there. There's no reason to to split up once you have their number. This is one of the things I see probably the most. It's probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the, the PUA community where guys are just taught to run around a bar, get everybody's numbers, move on to the next bar, get everybody's numbers. What are you doing? No, don't do that. Yeah, you're never going to build meaningful connections. You might get, if you're running the numbers game, yeah, you might get lucky and have one that remembers you. And then you guys are going to get is lucky. You're not going to get better. Yeah. 
when you're doing that crap, you're just playing the numbers game. It's dumb. Don't do that. The whole idea is to go out. Now, if you find success doing that, if you are super Chad, then okay, more power to you. But most guys, you're going to actually have to put in the work. And who knew? Make meaningful connections. That's what this is all yeah. about. You become a well-rounded human being, right? You become a functional person right. if you can actually hold a conversation better. And when people wonder why I'm doing this, oh my God, YouTube, they're going to ban you. It's this kind of stuff that I'm trying to get mm -hmm. across. This isn't your daddy's PUA shit, okay? Mm -hmm. We are talking about legitimate, real-world applicability to building connections. Whether What you do with that connection is up to you. Game is amoral. It's not good. It's not bad. It's up to uh, up the practitioner. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, in my opinion, trying to make people get together. The better we make guys, the more good guys, like high quality guys there are for women to choose from. Everybody wins. What is wrong with that? So by getting guys to be less socially awkward, to level up their game, level up their looks, mm -hmm. you know, the presentation, it's just making more well-rounded people. Yeah, we talked about this in, yeah. in the intro. We, you know, it's building your personal power, having better options, being more attractive, and that gets you to be able to get what you want. And that's kind of the, the it's where the self improvement piece meets the external needs of like, hey, if you if you want to have a healthy sex life, you need somebody else in the equation. Generally speaking, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with. Well, this is where it comes into being. I mean, in the truest sense, this is empowerment for men. Yep. Women had, you know, the sexual liberation movement. Men have us. You know, it's the equivalent is the way I see it. So, so many guys are, well, anyways, we're getting off topic. That's a whole other issue. Mm -hmm. uh, let me just kind of focus on this right here. We have, uh, let's see here, building the commonalities. Yes. Seeding reasons to stay in touch that you're going to call back to later. And then also we talked about this in the, uh, the investment episode. You give a little, they give a little. You give a little bit more, they give a little bit more. It's this back and forth process of building mutual interest and a mutually raising investment level. Or yes. exposure. Now, that ideally, so if you're, key. what's that? It's so key. Yeah. Because the re and the reason why we say that is if you are giving them your attention and your val and and you are validating them a whole bunch right off the bat, it it sends the covert message that I don't value my time and attention. I'm not, I'm not careful and I'm not considerate with where I invest in people. Right. Yep. Indeed. So yeah, investment, uh, multi-layer cake. I think that's an Adam statement. Moving on, uh, statements and questions. Now we're kind of getting into the qualification and the rapport breaking and the more, uh, crunchier gamey aspects of this, because again, this is still a framework for building competence to develop confidence. Eventually these structures are going to fall by the wayside because then you'll actually have the social savvy, the social acumen, the social intelligence to go out there and be natural. That's the long-term term. term uh, the long-term goal is these are, this is just, we're giving you guys a process to follow that you will become better. Then you can kind of let some of these rules of thumb fall by the wayside. We always tell guys that are new to the community too, you, you don't give compliments to women. You don't buy them drinks because guys have so many bad habits we're trying to undo. And the yeah. whole thing is that we're, we're teaching you guys a framework to undo the bad habits and create these rules of thumb that later on you can actually break. Believe it or not, you can actually buy a woman a drink. Who knew? 
But you've got yeah, you, you've got to have your head straight before you can do this stuff. You can, but often there's a lot of better options, right? You could uh, right one one tip that I have here is like it's guys, it's 2020. Get them to buy you a drink, right? If you can convince a woman to buy you a drink and stay in a conversation with her for an hour, she is interested. Indeed. And then right here. Um, so the statements, then questions. Mm-hmm. You're going to make a statement. This is kind of like I said, this is kind of the gaming era aspect of it. The whole qualification aspect. If you're doing it purposely, yeah, it's kind of gamey. But again, it's a framework that you're going to do uh, short term. Hopefully in the, the long run, you'll, you won't need to do things purposely. You're just going to be able to read people and you'll do things naturally. So in the meantime, you're going to make statements and then questions. So this is what they call, it's like cold reading. You're going to make a statement about them and then they're either going to agree or they're going to disagree. They're going to correct you. or they're going, Oh my God, how did you know? So if you say, you look like, uh, I bet you're a veterinarian. Oh my God, yeah. how'd you know? Well, then you can have some fun with it. Um, oh no, dogs. I hate animals. I can't stand them. I hate pets. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So it gives you, it's giving you feedback to work with. And you're also able to screen, is this somebody that I'm interested in or not? I don't know. So yeah, cold reading is a really useful tool. So you're going to make a statement. They're going to respond. Then you have, again, the verb and the noun. Now you've got two branching off points, at least based on their statement. Then goes into the 4WH. You see how this all kind of wraps back around? So they give you, you give them a statement. They respond in kind. That gives you uh, stimulus or, or data to branch off of. Now, the general flow is going to be, you know, you're going to get the statement, the question. There's some feedback. And then if it's a statement, if you get the response that you like, you're going to give them a reward. Now, this is where people might get their panties in a bunch. You know, they might get wrapped around the axle. It is kind of Pavlovian, but not really. So what you're doing is this, this is the reward is going to be some sort of thing, ideally, to escalate. This is the physical escalation. This is the key dis- uh, distinction that most guys kind of fall down on. This is why they end up getting friend zone because they don't ever push boundaries. Yeah. Give you an if example. They're responding of, uh, to you, you give you can give them in that case the validation, right? Yes. And say if they say, "Oh, I'm not a veterinarian. I'm a, I'm a nurse." And you go, "Oh, nurse, that's really cool. I think that's a neat profession. Right. Like, why'd it, you get into it? Like that, but that's validating. It is. And it, like I said, it gives you more things to work with. But the main takeaway that I want you guys to learn right now, whenever you get a positive response, never, ever punish them. Don't take away attention. Even if you're not getting maybe the full answer that you want, maybe she's like justifying why she doesn't like uh, dogs and cats. Maybe she had an incident when she was a kid. So if she starts justifying and is rattling on, like again, don't interrupt them. If they're giving you legitimate responses and they're engaging in the conversation, even if it may not have been the result you wanted, let them go. And you're going to reward them for that investment. And by rewarding, again, it goes back to the uh, the escalation versus lack of escalation. One example of escalation is, that's awesome, high five. And then it escalates from there. You know, it, The very first escalation is when you touch them on the back of the arm, get their attention, they turn around and they look at you. Then you deliver your opener. And I think I talked about this during the uh, the approaching episode where it's just kind of rewind the, the thing here just for a second. Way too many guys are going to see a girl, especially if it's in a bar or a club setting where they walk up, they see the girl and they just start yammering on. 
And then the woman will turn around and say, what? It's not that she didn't like what you said. She never heard what you said. You didn't get her attention beforehand. So you're, this is hard to demonstrate via the internet, but you're just going to give them a little quick uh, back of your hand on the back of their forearm, just for a pause for a split second. Excuse me. Get their attention. They're going to face you or look at you. Then you can start talking. And this is really true for anywhere. You're just going to get their attention. It doesn't matter how you do it. Get their attention first. Then deliver your uh, your opener in the approach. So that, that's all I have to say on that. But when it comes to this, uh, any thoughts on that, Mike? No, I think it's you're, you're absolutely correct. Just make sure that you are getting their attention. And it's, it's almost less important kind of what you say. We talked about this in the last video of you can you can literally just open with a uh, hey, I was interested to talk to you and here's why. Like, hey, I'm Mike, you know, I'm, I'm interested to talk to you or I, I'm curious oh, to get man. to know you. You just threw me back. Uh, so I used to work with some guys down in college park. They would go out to the college bars and their opener. I shit you not was hi. I like salad. <laughs> and the girls were like, what? And then just like, I'm right. just, I'm just, you know, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing around. And yeah, I go, you know, it's, it's yeah. what you do afterwards that matters. It's not what you said. It's how you said it. He was fun, energetic. And then they yeah. immediately plow forward into a conversation. Hi, I like salad. That is incredible. Yeah. And who doesn't, if you do it in a fun, positive way with good energy and yeah. you don't look like a slob, who knows, you know, it, it works not all the time, but it was fun, especially like yeah, kind of yeah. in a college bar setting. It was, we had a lot of fun with stuff like that. That's hilarious. And we do need to do a video just jog my memory on uh, wigmanship. Uh, I somewhat wrote a book on this maybe wig eight years ago. Wingmanship. Oh, wing, okay. wingmanship. How to be wing. a good wing. So we'll get into that. We little bit on one of the Patreon calls and had some really good advice for um, one of the young guys in the Discord. Hmm. All do you right. remember that? I do not. We'll have to talk about that uh, on the after yeah, show coming up next. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, texting should follow this structure once they're engaged. Again, it's the statements, then the questions. Uh, they're going to answer or or uh, they're either going to confirm or deny your, uh, uh, your, your supposition. So general flow is, again, reward, statement, question, in that order. So, it, again, it essentially follows the process of qualification and escalation. So you're going to mm – -hmm. uh, I'm not going to belabor the point. Just next week, stay tuned. Mm -hmm. And then the, uh, the personal stories should focus on the topic, not yourself. And I was telling like, even to this day, when I start rattling on – I get off topic and I'll end up starting talking about myself and things that I've done or my one second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of a natural thing that cut. you're, it's kind of the natural thing that your stories are going to be, um, you know, geared back to you. It goes, it's the reverse of what we just said is like everybody's most interesting topic is themselves. When you're talking to somebody else, ultimately you have to, try as best you can to avoid steering the conversation back toward yourself. And, you know, we're talking, we're talking about the, I love salad opener or the laundry party thing from college or whatnot, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't take it off track. What it does is just provide color and it kind of humanizes the interaction. And I think that helps, you know, in this setting and, you know, streaming and stuff like that, it helps kind of humanize people, but in a real life conversation, you can do that, but you just have to be super careful about it because, again, it goes back to exactly that that concept we talked about, about levels of investment, right? If you were talking to a woman in the first five five seconds that you're talking to her, 
she brings up, oh yeah, my ex, and that's why I'm out at the bar, and this is my sob story and problems, and blah 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 blah. It's like, whoa, okay, she's got she's got a higher, very high level of investment right off the bat. You're not going to be able to go to the oh, so how about those Nationals, right? Or how about the the Red Sox? Like you're not going to be able to to you're not going to be able to do that and right. go to a casual level of investment if somebody's got a much higher level of investment in the conversation uh, in terms of rapport and emotionally speaking. Yeah. Um, just going back through the old show notes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, building commonalities, the first step in this process to figure out what our personal hobbies, interests, and goals are, particularly those dealing in topics women are keenly interested in. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to have to release this at some point. And uh, this can be like a, a supplemental thing to the uh, the show. But remember to justify why you're bringing these things up and relate them back to yourself. Mm-hmm. So again, you're going to talk about the topics. You're going to justify why you're talking about the topics. Then you're going to relate it back to yourself. That's just the gist of it. Guys, this doesn't have to be super complicated. I know we sit here and talk about this for an hour. Let, let me give you a couple of real easy examples. If you are lifting weights, which you should be, we went through that on the, the presentation video. If you are into fitness at some degree and you notice somebody, you know, if you're talking to a woman and she's not 230 pounds and you notice just like, hey, you look like you're in shape. Like, what do you do for what do you do for exercise type thing? That's a hobby of yours now that you're talking about. If you notice that a woman has a Louis Vuitton bag and you're into and you now are getting into style and you understand, you know, what are higher end brands or something like that. And you go, oh, are those uh, are those Jimmy Choo shoes, really high end shoes, whatever it is. And she'll say, oh, no, but how do you know about Jimmy Choo's? And that is exactly the statement in question that is going to open up a couple other threads that, that Joe's talking about. So the things that we're talking about that you have to do as a guy to be building this awesome lifestyle and, you know, first of all, just understand the type of things that a, a guy that's worth his salt in the modern era kind of understands, which is you got to be able to dress yourself and don't look like a, you know, don't look like a slob. Yeah. Right. You got to be able to actually be in shape and know a little bit about fitness and, and stuff like that. So those kind of topics, you you should be able to find common ground on. And speaking of common ground. So we talked about the commonalities. There's several different types. Uh, so there's direct commonalities, which are things that you directly have in common. Indirect commonalities, which are things that you and maybe her friends have in common. And then negative commonalities where there's nothing in common, but you'd like to learn more. Mm-hmm. So if you guys... If you ask about something and she's like, I have no idea, but she engages you. She's like interested in learning. That's a positive sign. If similarly, if she starts talking about something you have no interest or you have no experience with, but you ask questions that maybe are showing engagement and interest, she's going to talk about it more. And that again, just let her rattle, you know, let them go on. You are interested. You are interesting. Yes. And yeah, that absolutely. So again, just kind of the key takeaways from tonight is, uh, the three general rules when building commonalities is that they should flow like the multi-layer cake. You should have the statements or questions, uh, not just question after question after question after question. Question. So yeah, again, statement then question. And then once things kind of get going, reward then statement then question. So that's the gist of it right there. And then also again, justify why you're talking to them and what you're, whatever this is that you're bringing up, and then relate it back to yourself. And then the number one thing to take away from tonight is to use, whoops, oh, we're not in that. Okay, good. Is to use the 
the thoughts and the emotions. And this yeah. is one of the things that PUAs would do too, is they'd have the, uh, what they used to call them, like projections, future projections, past projections. You know, you create this rich canvas of a story where you and her are together in the story, doing things that you're imagining happening. And it creates a really positive, really engaging connection. That's just about it. Ooh, still there? Yeah, Some, still something here. Just, I just heard something over on. I thought it was in the headphones. No, we're good. Nope. Oh, it's raining. That's what it is. Well, all right. So I think that takes us to the end of the show notes tonight. I think, I think we wrapped so. it all up. So we have some questions and comments. Let's do it. All right. Uh, do you have any other final thoughts on the course material tonight? No, I think I gave my one or two there at the end. All right. Let me make sure I didn't go and miss anything major. Oh, you know what? Actually, I I did um, I did have one that I didn't cover, and I think it's it's worth mentioning in terms of why the the underpinnings of why we're saying all of this stuff. And guys, it's not it's not because you're just like inserting coins into a machine and you're going to get a result. It is it is all marketing. It's all designed around branding yourself as a luxury good, right? It is you are you are trying to covertly communicate that you are somebody who is savvy enough to hold a conversation. You can ask interesting questions. You can draw on emotion. You can use imagery to tell a story. You can use, you know, all of these tools in your, in your toolbox to be not a boring idiot, right? Yeah. So branding yourself as a luxury kind of commodity, luxury good, right? You are setting yourself apart. You are being exciting. You are being interesting because you're taking an interest and you're using all these tools that we're talking about. It so it's, it's not just like, oh, go go make some friends and you all use all these tools in your toolbox. These things will absolutely increase your status because most people aren't good at this stuff. Most people don't work on this stuff. They don't like going out and putting themselves in, you know, situations where they're having to push outside of their comfort zone. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. It is. And so I would I would challenge all you guys to just move outside what's comfortable, take these things, try them out, figure out what works, you know, leave what doesn't. And all, all with that in mind of like, hey, I'm building an awesome lifestyle. I'm an awesome person. I'm a person worth knowing. I'm a person worth talking to. All right. Uh, so I'm going to uh, just quickly run through the outro here. So, all right. So comfort and rapport go hand in hand and have a symbiotic relationship in the flirting process. Attempting to flirt without having this relationship in mind puts you at a distinct disadvantage because one without the other can make you too nice or come off as a complete asshole. Comfort is critical when approaching, as well as during the process of escalation, which we're going to talk a little bit later, talk about more later on. And really in all of your interpersonal communications for that matter, if the person isn't comfortable with your presence, then you're fighting an uphill battle. The goal when you first approach should be to make them comfortable as they can, as possible. This is why warm approaches when you're being introduced by a friend in common are so much easier. On the other hand, if you're nervous, they're going to respond in kind. It generally doesn't matter if it's a cold approach or a warm approach. Uh, one of the things I've learned over the years is that women tend to mirror male emotional states. If you're nervous, you're going to make her nervous. If you're uncomfortable, she'll become uncomfortable. However, if you're cool, calm, and collected, uh, odds are you're not going to make her nervous and you might actually settle her down. She'll be drawn to your centeredness. And you guessed it, your confidence. Mm -hmm. So uh, I personally believe this is why when women vent to men, 
and the men get flustered and they become Mr. Fix-It, that the women get upset. They don't want Mr. Fix-It. They want to let it go. They want to get it off their chest and eventually, ultimately, mirror your calm emotional state. So generally speaking, if you allow yourself to get wound up, she's going to get wound up as well. So you want to do the opposite. Rapport is simply comfort plus a level of familiar, uh, familiarity, which traces right back to mere exposure. You need to build a level of comfort and familiarity so that rapport can develop. The key to building things towards a relationship is as soon as you have rapport, break it. Don't sever it completely. Just break it temporarily and shake things up a bit. There's a big difference between breaking rapport and severing it. Uh, breaking yeah. rapport also goes by another term that most people are more familiar with. It's called flirting. So in the larger picture sense, what you're doing is being exciting and giving her emotional stimulation. Generally, they call it push-pull, but I don't want to get too uh, focused on the terms. There's a so, question about push-pull that we can cover in the questions. All right. So uh, it's important to remember that breaking rapport can take many forms, such as uh, cocky funny, what mystery called negs. Uh, and it's really just, it all boils down to old fashioned teasing. Yep. So it's all, it's your intentionality behind it. That's going to really drive some of this. So all of these examples fall under the greater umbrella of breaking rapport, mm -hmm. which again, is just, it's it, at its heart. It just means you're flirting. So yep. the main, and we're going to get more into this later with breaking rapport. So I don't, whoa, hold on. Woo. The ringtone's going off over there. <laughs> my, my Google home just decided to start playing uh, endless, whatever that. Alexa, play Despacito. I got headphones on, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think my, my boy messing with me. So, all right. So I want to kind of break it down, and I think we're about done with this. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, two weeks from now, we're going to go into, or yeah, next week is going to be qualification. The week following that will be breaking report, and I think that will be the end of the course. We do have like the core course material right here, but we do have some other stuff we're going to talk about later. I don't want to bemoan the situation. The labor, you guys, but yeah. So I think it's time to get into the uh, comments. Let's do it. Comments, comments, comments. What do we got here? So there's not much, believe it or not. Um, you don't think so? I think there's some stuff in here. We got Kenny G playing on the background there. All right. Let's see. So first and foremost. There we go. Had a little, uh, eh, whatever. I dropped my pen. There we go. All right. Where were we? Oh, questions. Yeah. Questions one at a time. Huh? All right. So I see like five comments in total. What do you see? I am seeing probably two dozen. Holy moly. All right. Well, then I am on the wrong page. Let me go. What do you see? Right. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So StreamYard, for whatever reason, didn't update it for me tonight. So, yeah. All right. Gotcha. Uh, let's see here. So mirroring can be, wow. Is that really? Okay. Head of the table. He, so the plumber was saying, yeah, let's read off the question. So, uh, plumber speaks, uh, head of the table. I picked the gunfighter seat. I want to see who's coming in the room. You know, I used to, I worked for a guy and it's always inevitably a military guy that will bring this up. So, you know, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know what war the plumber fought in Vietnam or whatever it was, but uh, generally these military guys that have, have like been in some hairy situations will take uh, what I've heard to, uh, referred to as the operator seat, which is they are in the corner of the room with their back facing the corner and they can see literally everybody that's approaching them. Um, yeah. I'm the same way. 
it's kind of a power stance. Um, I tend to, because I move around a lot because I move with my, you know, I, I move my hands a lot and I'm pretty mobile when I'm, you know, not just sitting down at dinner or whatnot. I think I tend to, to kind of, it doesn't really matter quite so much, uh, where I'm oriented. Uh, but I, I do like to be facing most of the room. I think there's something to that where you can do some of the things we talked about earlier. You can observe people, you can know when somebody's making eye contact with you. You can kind of know who's a little bit more open to conversation. If you're just in a room where you don't know anybody and you're going to go talk to people. Yeah. My, my training was that um, kind of the same idea. You want to be able to have your back to a hard, uh, a hard surface or hard uh, yeah. wall. Something that's, you know, no one can like reach through a window and like get you. Uh, but yeah, hard surface behind you where you can see all the openings, you know, where your exits are at basic stuff. But when, and the, in the context of tonight's conversation, it's mostly just knowing your surroundings, being able to see what's going on. If you see somebody come in that strikes your interest, okay, well, then you'll, if you see them, if you've got your back to the door, you don't know who just walked in. Yeah, I know, you know, or orientating yourself toward like a dark corner of the room or whatnot, that's for like, that's for isolating. That's for when you've got a rapport with somebody right. and you say like, hey, it's kind of loud. Let's, let's step over here. I didn't hear what you said. Yeah. That type of thing. Um, but yeah, just being, being in the thick of it as Joe, uh, you know, Joe came up with a great example there, which is don't stand with your back to the rest of the room. If you're ordering a drink, right? Like have stand sideways, stand diagonally, stand so that your back is to the bar and you are looking at people, you are waiting for you know, whoever's going to show up to meet with you or whatever it is uh, in that situation that, that you've got that interaction going. Let's see here. More questions we got here. The plumber speaks. So mirroring can be nothing more than rephrasing what they just said. People love that. And you get communication skill points for doing so. Yeah. If you repeat back what they said. Points. Yep. Yeah. It's which, what's that? It's sales points. I was repeating back what you said. Communication skills points. Yeah. And it, uh, it's a, uh, it is a kind of mirroring, I guess, but yeah, yeah, repeating back what somebody says in just kind of a slightly reworded form shows that you're engaged and it's, uh, what do they call it? It's active listening. This is active listening 101. Especially if you flip it in the form of a question. I love this suggestion, Joe. Uh, mm -hmm. When you talk about, you know, if, if the plumber was here talking to me, I would say you get, you get communication skills points for doing so. What do you mean? Tell me what you mean by communication skills points. Me or him? No, I'm giving you an example of like, oh, oh, yeah. if, if somebody says, oh, you get communication skills points for doing X, Y, Z, you can say, tell me exactly what you mean by communication skills points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll read you. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Blue Lion 995, going back to body mirroring, is it not better to have your head higher, your head higher than hers so that she looks up to you? No. No. no I don't think nope. I'm, I don't Generally think speaking, sense. you want to be matching head heights and... Uh, yeah, mirroring in that sense, like facing each other would be ideal when you're out of whack. For one thing, if you're standing above, she's going to be looking up with you and that's not going to be comfortable for very long. So you just yeah. like, imagine cranking your neck. It's just not, no, there's also, kind more of, neutral. There's also a, an intimidation factor that if you're not actively trying, if you're not cognizant of the fact that you are literally standing and physically imposing over a woman, if you are not, if that doesn't even register on your radar, you need to pay more attention to your posture and the way you're standing. Because the, the better thing to do is, as Joe said, just get on her height, get on her level, 
you know, have that same angle where you're not leaning in toward them, you're not backing away from them, but you're kind of that neutral matching position. Now, I think we talked about this last week too with pecking. Yeah. If you're going in, why are you going in? Does this six inch yeah. motion make that big of a difference in the uh, the the Did audio? You, oh, no, it, it doesn't. doesn't. So all it is, it's it's a it's a kind of a rapport seeking behavior that guys do. Women do it too, but it's mostly guys who I've seen doing it. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to really it's plant your feet. This is one of the things I talked about before with locking in. Have uh, a point of contact with your body. So mm -hmm. if you're against the bar or against the wall, make sure that your back is glued to that wall and that your back is glued to the bar. You can't peck when you're glued to, the, to that fixed object. That's one of the reasons yeah, that, I use that as a tool to help myself prevent prevent me from doing that. Yeah, that's, so, uh, that's a solution for if you have that problem. And right. most guys, believe it or not, they will have that problem at oh, some yeah. point. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, see here. Uh, always stand tall, even if you are shorter than her shoulders, back, chest. Yeah, that's basic stuff. Yeah, posture is super key. I think that's what he's getting at here. Yep. Yeah, good posture is part of the presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, see the plumber. Make sure the investment you make is receiving an investment in return. Never invest more than slightly more than who you are interested in. If you don't get anything back, you know what you have to. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it goes back to what uh, Hertisti said in uh, the 16 Commandments, that three to two kind of uh, ratio. Golden ratio. The idea is that you want to be slightly less invested than they are, especially mm -hmm. when you're new to this stuff. And this is why, again, we tell guys not to buy drinks, not to give them compliments. You're mm -hmm. over investing. Later on, when you become a master of this shit, man, it's you can break some of these rules. Oddly, I don't know. Yeah, no, we've already talked about it. Moving on. Mm -hmm. we, I'm sure we got a lot of guys over in Discord waiting to hear from us. Probably. So, um, I do want to touch on this next one from The Plumber Speaks. If you yes. tell her, because this was in response to something I said, if you tell her that you are attracted to her directly, and I'm adding the directly part, aren't you letting her know that you think she is above you? Expand on how to let your intent known without giving up your frame. First of all, kudos for the phrasing of the question. He's asking and then telling. He's saying, Mike, expand on this, which I love the, the directiveness of that. Uh, Plumber's awesome at that. But let me let me unpack this for a second here. I don't think, as long as you are not putting her up on a pedestal, I don't consider saying, hey, I, you know what? I'm attracted to you and I'm not afraid to say that. I don't consider that giving up your frame if you've already set the frame. I wouldn't use that as an opener. I wouldn't use that in the first few minutes. This is something I said to a woman. I was talking to her for half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it was. Uh, and things were going really well. She was clearly interested in uh, seeking my approval. She was, you know, uh, she was well within my frame of I was the interesting person in the discussion that she was excited to talk to. Um, and I and I hit her with that and it didn't it didn't blow things up. But I, I would I would say that if you are not necessarily if the, the context of the conversation is that you are not overly validating them, you're not putting them up on a pedestal, like that's what we try to talk about when we're saying don't compliment their appearance, that sort of thing. If you hit them with that out of the blue, it's exciting and it's un unexpected. If the keynote has been going well and they're giving you a lot of eye contact, they're laughing, they're flipping their hair, that type of thing, they're super interested in, I, just be direct and be expressive about it. I, I, would, I would totally... Um, encourage anybody to just at that point make yourself known as a sexual object 
and escalate. That's part of the escalation piece. And you can't escalate without expressing some level of attraction, be it covertly or overtly. You can't escalate without expressing attraction. Yeah, they're going to know that you're interested just from the fact that you're talking to them. It's just the assumed. Uh, Pretty much. It's just assumed. So you're trying to maintain plausible deniability. Now, when you do go direct, you do give up that possibility, but it doesn't mean necessarily that you're putting them on a pedestal because mm -hmm. Mike already covered all that. So I think we're ready to move on to the next one. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah let's do right. it. Uh, let's see here. And Blue Line kind of talks about that. You're yeah, just you're setting just, the sexual frame, letting her know you what you want. Uh, yeah, let's see here. You're, you're a guy. If you are hungry, you eat. If you are horny and you want to actually, you know, get into bed with a woman, then you gotta, you gotta do that, man. You gotta tell her that you're interested yep. in some way. I'm not, I, I am not saying walk up to women and say this first thing right out of the gate directly, but if they're showing interest, you, look, we covered IOIs. If they're in your frame, if you're not overly validating them, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's necessarily giving up frame or status or really giving, I don't think you're sacrificing anything to say, Hey, I'm attracted to you. Or yep. I find that attractive. All right, so uh, the plumber speaks. When a woman tells you a story, would it be appropriate to ask her, so how did that make you feel? So right there, you're also, you're, so you're doing that rapport seeking, but more on that later. So the main thing here is how did that make you feel? 4WH, H, how? Absolutely on point. So uh, let's see, I learned, Sammy McKeith, I learned that it's always better to dare than dear. Yes. Yeah, we again we we need to get into a deep dive with shit tests and congruence tests yeah. and congruence tests and uh, comfort tests and things like that. It, but it, you know, we we talked about. I'll just touch on this real quick. We talked about deering, which is defend, excuse, uh, evade, rash, yeah, evade and rationalize. Yeah. No, it wasn't evade. What? Well, good lord, I can't remember. Yeah, I'm I'm blanking on it. Uh, but we we covered it previously. It is. Defend, explain, excuse, and rationalize. That's what it is. And so, yeah, don't do that. Uh, just from a general shit test standpoint, and that is going to, you know, it that is going to put you in a position where if she is breaking the rapport, which is that's kind of what a, a shit test is, she's breaking rapport with you. And if you catch that and pressure flip it, or if you do amuse mastery, you know, amplify. Or if you just straight ignore it and just keep on going, you are going to broadcast the message that like, Hey, this, this doesn't bother my frame. This really isn't a thing in my world that I'm bothered by what you say. Uh, we're kind of giving it all over right now in the comments, but yep. when women break report, that's again, it, it it's flirting. It's all it is. If they're not doing it to be malicious, they're just doing it to test you. That's mm -hmm. their version of flirting. All right. That's, that's all that is. So don't get wrapped around the axle and take it to don't get butt hurt when they break uh, rapport with you. That's again, that's flirting. All right. That's their part of checking to see if you are, if you have a strong frame, it's a frame yeah. check. They, they want to know that you are not a thin skinned person. When you're just going to phrase my friend. Yeah. We're going to replace shit tests with frame tests. I like it's that. It's a frame check. Frame check. I use that. Yeah, I've used that hmm. that terminology on Discord a number of times. Guys, it's I a frame check. And sometimes, and I'll, I'll get into this a little bit deeper when we go do this deep dive, but in my opinion, that is the sneak preview, in my opinion, a frame check and a rapport break can be two separate things. And I'll dive oh, into that more deeply. Yeah. 
So that'll be next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see here. Uh, the plumber speaks. Women are interested in drama. So verse yourself in current high profile drama and have something funny to say about it. That's fair. That kind of talks about the current events and uh, gossip. Oh yeah. MK ultra. What about when you ask or move to a topic of conversation where she is more knowledgeable than you? How do you keep that in your frame or handle it? Don't worry about that sense. Ask questions, be interesting or interested, which will make you interesting. So think of it in that sense. So if she's yeah, a I don't, pro, I don't think it, ask her like, like, whoa, maybe you can teach me something and you learn from something, something from her. Yeah. If you frame it in that sense where you are, the frame is she's the expert. You're the newbie. You're eliciting uh, information from her. Here's what you need to do is you need to take leadership and tell her mm-hmm. that you want her to tell you about that topic. Oh, I don't know much about that. Like, tell me, tell me what you find interesting about that. Tell and me take more. leadership, right? Yep. Lead the conversation. If you are leading the conversation, even if it's a topic she's comfortable with, I talked about this, I think uh, one or two episodes ago, uh, which is the stop go game. It was like, oh, hang on a second. That sounds really interesting. Tell me more about that. Just play stop go. Just do that. And, you know, let them talk exactly about what the, whatever piece of that topic that they want to talk about, but you control the pace of the conversation. Yep. Uh, Sammy McKeith. Would you say that most girls in this day and age are devoid of interesting hobbies and are more in tuned to their phones in the gym? Well, Um, I'll tell you what, given the obesity rates, I'd say they're not in tune with the gym, not on average. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm not going to get into the whole like, you know, blah, blah, hating on women thing, but let's, let's just say that I think it's, you know, I, I personally find men a lot more interesting in terms of hobbies and stuff that they have going on. It's a rare woman that actually, I think has really cool hobbies or does, or builds a cool lifestyle. I just think that that's not necessarily something they're oriented towards. I think most women are oriented toward, you know, the real housewives or whatever it is that, you know, they got going on. That's kind of, superficial social media stuff and stuff that is not, not real kind of, you know, deep subjects. Like a lot of guys in the discord talk about philosophy, talk about, you know, deep, deep stuff around physical fitness, nutrition, all kinds of really interesting pursuits that I generally don't find women talking about. They talk about, you know, makeup and clothes, stuff that is very superficial. Uh, But that's just my experience. Your mileage may vary but I don't find most women trying to build an interesting lifestyle. Well, that tracks to my experience as well, because really super attractive women don't need to, they're going to end up screening guys that already have that. And they're just going to kind of date them and kind of, they're going to tag on to their guys. interests, Right. Yeah. Uh, So I used to have the party bus. I knew promoters. I saw how it worked with the bartenders. It's the exact same thing Yeah. where, Women that want have uh, want access to exciting drama, whatever, they're going to date these guys because they're fun and exciting. They're the the bad boys, or whatever, and they're getting that fix so they don't have to develop these hobbies on their own. Now, not always. I mean, there's going to be a lot of women that do, but again, this goes back to screening. You're going to qualify, or you're going to screen for interest, mm-hmm. and you're digging deeper in the conversation to find out do they have hobbies. If so, oh, man, what are you, you want a real, you want a real cool way to find out, like, like kind of put a woman on the defensive or at least be exciting and provocative. If she talks about like something that doesn't seem like a womanly hobby, like for example, she'll say, Oh yeah, yeah. I actually really like hockey. And you go, Oh, do you date a hockey player? Like, <laughs> like 
tell me about what was his name, the hockey player that you dated. Like, and just assume that it's a guy's interest that she tagged on to and just watch the hamster spin of like, how, how am I going to justify that? No, I really genuinely actually like hockey just because I like it. Or if a woman says she likes professional wrestling, like guys, like <laughs> what woman have you met that genuinely likes professional wrestling that just sits around on a Friday night and watches WWE? I, I just ask her about it. Ask her what guy she Odds are it's gonna be one of two things. One, she had brothers, and that's how she got mm-hmm. introduced to it. Yes. Or two, she had a boyfriend that was interested in it. That's it. Uh, it's very, very rare to see certain hobbies. Uh, to see women gravitate towards them naturally on their own. Like I said, it doesn't happen, but it, it does happen. It's just you got to play the odds. Look at the numbers. Yeah. Um, where were we on the question or the comments? Oh no, I closed the wrong window. Damn it! Women right. are interested in drama. What? Uh, oh, this is so we we answered MK Ultra's question about mm. when they're more knowledgeable than you. So the next one would be Sammy McKeith. Would you say that most girls in this day and age are devoid of interesting hobbies? Oh, no, we just, we, actually, we, just we answered one. that one too. So it's kind um, of hard. Finding an interesting girl in the states these days, NGL. What's NGL? Not gonna lie. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I bet. I mean, I bet that's true. Like, like if you are talking to a bunch of women that you don't find interesting, like make them make them interesting. Tell them about something that's interesting to you. Like I've talked about this previously, but women will fill the the shape of the container they're given. Yep. Right. If you are really passionate about something and you talk about that, of like. Hey, I'm, I'm really, I keep going back to cooking is my, my thing, I guess. Um, if you are really passionate about like, you know what? I love the, or the food trucks thing. We talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. You know what? There's, I, I'm really into like different places to eat. And yeah, have you ever been to XYZ food trucks? Oh my God. It's awesome. You'd love it. There's this super exciting little ice cream gelato kind of truck. There's a really interesting lady that runs this taco truck, whatever it is. Just use emotional words to convey how excited you are about something. See if she get you know grabs onto that, and then you know, boom! Ask her if she wants to go get some tacos, man. It's not that complicated. Uh, let's see here. Stay in the pocket as long as she's engaged. This is the bummer speaks, but I'm always interested in leaving them wanting more. You have to be able to see when the interaction is winding winding down. Don't overstay. Mm-hmm. That is true. That's a good point. Uh, it's very easy to overstay if you don't have that emotional intelligence and that social savvy developed just yet. But in terms of the framework and the uh, the training wheels, it's better to overdo it than to underdo it. That's that's my yeah, perspective. In there's this not a lot context. of there's not a lot of downside to you just keeping talking to her. Um, I understand what he's getting at with wanting to be provocative. I would say that there are other ways to be provocative in terms of leaving them wanting more. Which is, if you're at a bar, you know, go grab a drink. Don't tell her what you're going to do. Just say, wait right here. Go off to the bathroom. And they're going to be wondering where the, where the hell did this guy go? Right. right. So you can use that concept of leaving them wanting more. Don't explain what you're doing. Just saying like, Oh, can you stay here for a little bit? I'm going to, I'm going to be right back. It's just going to be one second. I'm going to run to the bathroom. No, don't tell them that. Just go, you know what? I'll be right back. Wait right here. Or better yet. Don't say anything at all. If you're in a group of a bunch of people, just ghost and come back. And if she says, where were you? I couldn't find you for a minute or two. Guess who's Hello, in your frame. I-O-I. Yeah. Bingo. Guess who's in your frame, boys? Like, come on. So, uh, moving on here. So, Archbishop, how did you gain all of this experience? Was it all life lessons or stories you heard from friends? Most of it's life, uh, life experience. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that. I would say that knowing the material, like, start with the sidebar and read about uh, other situations that other guys have been in. Uh, and this, let me just plug the Discord. 
right? All of this experience about, you know, I, look, I'm married. I haven't been dating for a long time, but the stuff that's working that guys are sharing in the discord makes a ton of sense based on my experience and I can connect the dots. So uh, the type of text message game or Tinder game or hinge game or whatever you want to call it uh, of whatever's working now, given context and strategy, like, yeah, I can. I can. Whoa, Mike fell into the matrix there for a second. We lost your audio, buddy. You are, uh, you're muted. How'd that happen? I think it switched from my headphones. Can you hear me? Yes. There you yeah. go. Sorry about that. So uh, it's better than last week. We didn't have any technical problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think the younger guys on the discord really provide a lot of experience as to guys that are in kind of prime dating territory, right? In their twenties that are, you know, really exploring their options and I'll just leave it at that. And so the best thing you can do is go to join the discord, contribute, know the sidebar material and just expose yourself to other guys that are interested in kind of the same, the same things that you are. Yes. And we're going to do an after show here shortly. Uh, we're winding down the comments right now. Blue lion nine, nine five. Would it be a good idea to bring the push pull technique in the rapport building stage? Ask me again in two weeks because this is it's all gonna tie together and that is gonna be a, that's gonna play an important part in this. We're not there yet. All right. So just, just hang in there. Uh James, I am am her orbiter. Explain. Yeah, he's he's, he's trolling. I, I don't he's trolling. She's okay. Do we want to read the next couple? Uh I gotta read them ahead here. He spoke Okay, Blue Line, you spoke about finding and expanding on commonality to build rapport. What about challenging their views, kind of opposites attract in a fun way? No, this is what you do like when you're actually off on a date, feeling each other out. Uh, whenever you're just getting to know each other and it's like the first, you've just approached them, dude. You're, you're not going to go in and, uh, hi, uh, I'm Joe. Nice to meet you. Let's talk politics. It doesn't work that way. All right. So yeah, leave that stuff for the date. And still, even then, politics and, and challenging each other in, in hard-fought arenas, no. Probably not a good idea until later on. Yeah, I, I would stay away from any real hard-hitting topics. And there's yeah. a difference between being exciting and provocative versus being just conflict-oriented, right? Like you are you are essentially, it's a rapport break on a, or it's a topic break, hmm. right? Like you are, just, you are just inviting a debate and really a debate is not what you want to get into. Let's see. Uh, I like to, this is blue line again. I like to joke and tell girls I can read hands like a psychic and make statements and cold readings, usually exaggerate to make them laugh. I found it helps with keynote escalation. This is getting into the uh, the gamier PUA stuff from uh, like 07, 08, 09. Uh, if it works for you, it works for you. Have fun with it. Yeah, I, I like that's my always. Yeah, if, you're, if, if it works like from a practical perspective, if it works, then that's what matters. It doesn't matter how silly something sounds. If it works and gets results, more power to you. That's but true. Again, that's, what, that's what the red pill is about. You can poo-poo this stuff all day you know, and say it's gimmicky. I mean, I, I find it gimmicky. It wouldn't be natural for me to say in my frame. But right. if you're just kind of that, that goofy dude that's kind of esoteric and women can't put their finger on you, that can work if that's your thing. You just got to be congruent. Exactly. I, I hate that word, but damn, is it so important. It's so, so yeah. key. It, it really underpins a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. Yep. So, and I've always said this before too. Adapt what is useful, reject what is useless, 
and add what is uniquely your own. May actually be quoting, not paraphrasing Bruce Lee. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely on board with that kind of uh, way of absorbing the material. So if you're doing this whole stuff from the mystery method 2007 and it works and it's suited to you as an individual, then yeah. it really doesn't matter where it came from if it suits you. That's the important thing. All right. Exactly. Um, I can take this last one from Alpha 002. So if a woman says she's interested in stuff like philosophy, et cetera, is she lying or is she trying to act like a man or is she genuinely interested? I think this is an interesting question. And I, I know that this is in reference to me saying that that's not been my experience. I'm not saying women don't like chopping wood and smoking cigars and you know hunting and all this crazy masculine stuff that we like to do. But uh, chances are that she got exposed to it through a guy if she's interested in that. And maybe she developed an interested for it. Like some women like to fish and that's great and like more power to them. But the, I guess what I'm saying is if you can, you, if you can actually use that as a point of actually being interested in her and saying like, Oh yeah, what do you like? Some women will go like, Oh yeah, I like hockey. Well, what do you like about it? Or who's your favorite team? And they'll go, uh, they don't really like hockey guys. Like if they don't, if they don't have a solid, like, you know, at least one or two things that they can say to indicate that they're really interested in that topic. Like if they, if they say, Oh, I like baseball and who's your favorite team. Oh, it's the Yankees. Uh, oh, really? Like, you know, what do you think about their bullpen? And she knows one or two of the guys that are players. Yeah. Then she's interested in baseball. Right. And you can ask her, how'd you get interested in that? Right. And I'm, I'm telling you more often than not, she dated a ball player, dude. So we got one last question that I think we skipped earlier by accident. The plumber speaks. Yep. You only get one chance to make a good first impression. And that That's goes both ways. You'll always mm -hmm. see the best in everyone at first. So if they are shitty, that tells you a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I Yeah, if they're not on their best behavior in a sense, if they're being a really crappy person when you first meet them, now it could yeah. be they're having a bad day or it could be signaling that there's worse to come. All right. Yeah, if you if somebody shows you who they really are, if they tip their hat and they're just, you know, completely awful, just believe them the first time, man. Like don't don't do this type of thing where you're, where you get in your head and Joe's right. Like maybe they do have a bad day and just who cares? Like don't get in their head. Don't worry about what's going on with them. But if you're, if they're pretty generally awful in terms of, you know, I don't want to have a conversation like, Hey, go screw off, dude. Like get out of here with this pickup artist bull stuff. Bullshit. Like if they're, if they're saying that kind of thing, just like, all right, you know what? Your problem. I was just trying to have a conversation with you. You're, you know what I mean? Don't say that, but, just take that approach of like, all right, whatever. It, it's not a, not a, not a big deal. Not anything to get wrapped up in. Yeah. You um, can't win them all. Yeah. It's it, it, the, the big takeaway that I would like to communicate from tonight. And this is a saying that Ryan Stone has. Uh, and I, I know I quote him sometimes, but his stuff is so apt. Sometimes the reason that they call it game is because it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be high stakes. If somebody's awful or if you're taking it too seriously and you're really nervous, get what look, what is the worst that can happen? What are you gonna get a drink thrown in your face? Somebody's gonna slap you across the face? It's not likely. It's absolutely not likely. I've I've had conversations with thousands, probably tens of thousands of people in my life. I've had a drink thrown in my face absolutely one time. I think right. that once maybe for me too. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. One time. That's it. And it wasn't the end of the world. You'll be fine. Yep. Yeah. The worst case uh, situation you might get normally is just a back turn when you're first starting yeah. out. 
Pretty and much. they walk away. That that's that's the worst case. I think reasonably you'll ex- you can expect yeah, to see. You're going to be standing there like a chump is the worst that can happen, which it happens. You know? And like I told, uh, what's called. So if you don't make mistakes, if you don't have uh, bad reactions, if you don't get rejected, you're never going to learn. You're never going to grow, and you're not going to develop the skill. You've got to make the mistakes in order to learn from them. That's part of the process. All right. So just think of every time that you have a uh, a bad reaction or you make a mistake. It's an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. It's not just for this. It's for everything in life. Anytime something goes sideways on you, just recognize the silver lining is that you now have an opportunity to learn from that mistake. Yeah, it's a data point. Yeah, it's a data point. That's a good point. No pun intended. So I think we have covered everything. I think we're ready to head on over to Discord. And Pretty much everything. One last thing before we do. Shout out to all of the uh, the patrons. Yeah, for sure. List, all right. So Blue Lion995, The Lion, Liam Cregan, Koza, Reese, Mr. R.A. Smith, Dante Wang, and my thing decided to re- uh, refresh. That's weird. Andy Hyun, Matthias, Lee Barlow, Crow Colt Cowboy, Curran Fugati, and Brulafe. Thank you all for your support. I'm We're actually almost at a point now where I can actually hire somebody to do some of this editing. Okay. Man, I mean, nice. Joe's keeping all that money, folks. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> no, uh, we really appreciate the support, guys. It's uh, again, we we're putting a lot more time into this than than anything, and yeah. it, you know, we've had people on the Discord say like, "Oh, I'm surprised you guys don't charge for this for your time or whatever it is." Look, the reason why we're here is we want to get the the message out. We care about this. It's part of our mission. That's where yeah. we're here. Not to mention the time sink. It took me four hours to edit today uh, yesterday's interview. Part of that was when Premiere decided to crash. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. I, that sucks, man. Yeah. yeah and I, I spent a lot of time, you know, moderating the Discord and, mm-hmm. you know, listening to to just ram, ramblings, off-topic stuff. And and the idea there is, you know, we, we want to be giving you guys relevant stuff. So the more feedback, the more questions, comments, the better. You know, we want to make this relevant. And uh, all the material that we're kind of curating and bringing to the table here we think is relevant because it's foundational stuff. But as we, as we go along, people are asking for, can you do a deep dive on mission? Can you do a deep dive on uh, frame, that type of stuff. And I think those are, those are topics worth diving into. So we do actually, you know, we care about the feedback, we care about the patrons and what they want to see out of this and we give them our time. Uh, but that's what this thing is about, man. It's just trading notes. It's a big think tank. Yeah. We had a, Oh man, you know what? Come on over. We'll talk about it again. Mission goals man that's been such a huge topic this last week so yeah, yeah i think we're going to call it here uh, you're all welcome to come on over the link to discord is down below please we'll see you there see you guys around